The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. It's another edition of Inside Twins. Welcome to our network headquarters here at Target Field. This uh, show, of course, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made, and kind of a continuation today of a special moment yesterday is a couple of the sons of St. Paul are in studio here. Jack Morris is here, and Paul Molitor is here as well. We've got plenty to discuss today in terms of how the Twins are playing, recent run of success at home, even some roster moves to dive into, but... Guys, I want to start by looking back at last night and just how special that was. Uh, the two of you, Dave Winfield was here. Joe Mauer uh, celebrates uh, St. Paul by hitting a leadoff home run. Uh, a really neat night for a very special city, and I have to imagine that uh, it was uh, even even more special from your vantage points. It, it was special. I, I felt uh, honored to be a part of Jack's celebration here at Target Field. You know, it it was mostly um, an opportunity to acknowledge Jack's contributions here in the Twin Cities, St. Paul specifically, and of course the the magical year he had for the Twins. And I thought the organization did a great job of honoring Jack and his family, and and the way the before the game came off. And you know, I'm sure it's been overwhelming for Jack yeah. this this summer. Everything that's transpired. You know, sometimes you just gotta soak it in, and I hope Jack was able to do that last night. I can't. Uh disagree with anything you say. I think every one of these celebrations has been a little bit unique, and uh, last night I was really, really proud. I was uh, honored to be a part of that. I'm certainly glad Dave showed up uh, because it meant a lot to me to have both of my former teammates uh, be there on the field with me, but I'm proud of the fact. I know that Mobile Alabama has five, and (laughs) and Joe's knocking on the door to be our fourth, and uh, you know, it's just a neat thing. Who would have thunk from a little town in in north northern part of the upper midwest that we're going to we're going to send uh, three guys to the hall of fame all within the same kind of era it was pretty sure. pretty neat i have to say as great as you were jack your dad kind of stole the show from me so i thought that was uh, i thought that was a pretty neat moment for your for your dad i had been thinking about it for the last couple of years you know doing our fox sports north stuff out there by the flagpole and every every day uh, at home a veteran rags raises the flag and i had thought about it many times and and then i just kept forgetting about it like all right how do i get dad to raise the flag you know and then a week ago i actually called drew here and i said drew what's the chances of getting my dad to raise the flag on my day and it was too short a notice they had already committed to a guy which i totally understood but then he comes back and says hey we can give a tribute to him in the fifth inning i go that'd be awesome and i called my sister-in-law who's really up on all of his military status and we got the picture and uh. so to sit there next to him when he didn't even know it was coming and then when they showed the picture of him at 18 years old in the military yeah. uniform he was so shocked where did they get that i go well we have connections so it was fun yeah you, you know i'll just add jack is is that I think a lot of people that end up going through the journey that you and I have been able to go through in Cooperstown and all that, we always talk about the relationships and the players and the memories that you have. The baseball memories are there for sure, but it's it's about the people you shared it with, and certainly family is at the top of that list. I, I know sitting in the dugout and watching your dad last night, Jack, that was that was special. That was uh, that tugged at the heartstrings a little bit, yeah. and uh, was glad that took place. Yeah, the only way it could have been better is if uh, the Twins could have come out on top last night, uh, despite the loss. Still four and one on the homestand, a chance to take three or four from the Tigers today. 
baseball every day you have a job, Paul, to try to win another game, and, and there's not a whole lot of rest. But within the games, there come these moments. And uh, Joe's pinch hit home run the other night. I thought that's a moment. It was a special moment. You know, Joe's had a ton of them. You know, we all know that. It's uh, And I still think there's more to come. You know, it's just one of those games, the way it unfolded. You know, the crowd was into the game at that particular juncture, and the, and it, the timing was right for him to get a pinch hit opportunity with the game on the line. And, you know, to have the at-bat he did and to stretch it out and to be a typical Joe, you know, not panic, take some tough pitches that were close, work it full, and then finally get a pitch that he could handle. It, w- it was nice. Him rounding the bases w- was special. I, You know, I, I think what says a lot about a player and what he means to a team and organization is the reaction of the other players. And our dugout just... You know, I haven't seen that kind of response in I don't know how long. And just a joy for Joe in that moment. One thing that I've noticed here, and I know you've seen this over the years since Target Field has been built, we haven't really seen it be a home field advantage. And yet, in this last month, after all the moves that have been made and really, in a lot of ways, uh, cleaning house and regrouping, the guys have played extremely yeah. well at home, and the crowds are showing up to show their sure. appreciation. That's got to be fun. No, I, it makes it fun, and uh, this season has not gone as everyone had hoped it would. we still got 40 games to play and all those type of things. But I've always believed as a player and as a coach, and now in this particular role, just the importance of playing well at home. I, I think the first year here in 2010, they won like 50 or 51 games. Yeah. But, it, but it hasn't been that way the last handful of years. We've played some good road baseball and this and that, and, and – and this year really wasn't much different than those until we got to that stretch before the All-Star break when we picked up the pace and we've been able to continue it here in the second half. And a lot of it is about the environment, the comfortability. Um, you start to get that feeling when you're playing at home that it's you know it's your house and you're going to take care of business. Now we'll take care of more business when we continue with Inside Twins. Paul Molitor is here, Twin Skipper. Jack Morris is here as well. We're back to talk about exactly why and how the Twins are piecing together some of these home wins when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball, A3O-WCCO. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back for more Inside Twins. Full day of baseball here at Target Field. Glad to have you with us. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Before the break, Jack Paul talking about uh, how well this team has played at home. Won seven of their last eight here at home. I would say overall, Paul, last week and a half, uh, even with some disappointing losses on that last road trip, there's a different feel in your clubhouse right now. There's a different feel with your bullpen guys right now. There just seems to be a little added dose of energy, and I don't know if that's because you put some wins together, but am I completely off, or do you sense a, a little hop in the step right now of your club? I think it's there. I, I think you know part of the coaching staff and my job is, is to be able to go out there and try to maintain a competitive attitude each and every day, even with all the changes that transpired last month. And uh, as you mentioned, I think the bullpen's a big part of that. You know, guys knowing that we lost, you know, some people out there that were playing or contributing some significant roles. And these guys are excited about the chance. I think, you know, you call down there and a guy's not sure if he's going to come in in the fifth and be the guy to put out a fire earlier. He might pitch the eighth or the ninth inning. And uh, it's not like I'm trying to confuse them. You're just trying to do, make the best decisions, and they've stepped up. They've all handled it really well to this point. Along those lines, Paul, you and I have been so blessed with being on teams that knew how to win and went out there every day and competed. I, I want to add a little, or have you try to touch on this a little bit more. When you have the chemistry, we call it mm-hmm. in baseball, in a clubhouse, how 
how much easier it is for you as a manager to have those guys understand that they're in it together, that they go out there and winning is the only way you experience it. You've got to feel it, but you, you can almost sense sure. that these guys are starting to feel it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's it's very true. I think when your team goes through the transition that we did, you have to be careful because it can go one of two ways. It can. And, and one's not very fun. And you rely on your player leadership. I, I always have thought that that's a big part of the game today. And if your leaders take the right road, the guys are going to follow, and guys like Joe and Belio and the guys that have been around have, have stepped up. And then you see the, the young players um, that are maturing and possibly eventual leaders in your clubhouse. They're, they're following suit. And, uh, you know, you just go out there, and, and you can't control a lot of things that happen in this game, but you can control bringing the best version of yourself each and every day. And well that's put. what we're trying to emphasize with these guys. Yeah, very well said. Now, one thing you guys have done on this homestand is hit a ton of home runs. Now, is that a... Uh, probably at this pace, not necessarily a sustainable way to score all of your runs, uh, the way the roster is built up. But do you attribute any particular thing to the, the recent power surge? Well, you know, we saw last year we have guys that can hit it over the fence, and sometimes they come in bunches. I still uh, put a lot of value into guys that can have situational at-bats that translate into runs. Like last night we missed an opportunity in the beginning of the game to put a ball in play and, and, and add to our lead in the first inning, and we didn't do it. Uh, we did hit some home runs, I think three in the first three innings, and we got one later on. But, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see. We, we all know that there's plenty of guys on our team that have power potential. We're look, still looking for those guys that can, can, can respond and, and drive in runs in more ways and just hitting it over the fence, however. You know, on that point, when we were in Cleveland on the last trip, uh, two tough walk-off losses to the Cleveland Indians. And on one night, Lindor hits a home run. He's yeah. one of the best players in the game. The next night, he hits a ground ball with the winning run at second base and nobody out. And he hits a ground ball to the first baseman, and he's cheering on his way to first base as if he just hit the game-winning home run, knowing that he did his job to move sure. the guy over. Moments like that, I guess, uh, I don't know if they would be construed as learning moments, but they're, to me, windows into why good teams are good teams. And I think a guy like Lindor, um, you can point to other players and other teams that they've learned those situations and the value they bring to your team. Uh, I, I think some of our uh, areas we need to keep trying to teach our younger guys is to be able to see the big picture of a game. It's not always about your swing and your fundamentals and, and all the things that you do. It's, it's seeing how a game is played and how games are won. And Lindor doing that in that particular circumstance was a great example. I just want to add to that. One of the benefits of working for MLB.com over the last few years is postseason baseball that I get to do. And I've seen every single year a common denominator in the world championship teams. It's that team chemistry. They believe in themselves. They play together. They're, they're not selfish. And we live in a world of numbers for players and, and how they go about offensively. But it seems like the teams that win have really shifted sure. towards that chemistry. Well, you know, the conundrum in our game is the reality is you're playing for your career and for right. your family and your income and all those type of things. But when you can put that not at the top of your list of what you want to do and being a good teammate and understanding winning and losing, and if you're a part of that, you're probably going to be taken pretty well care of in this game. But sometimes, you know, those things are a little bit elusive for some of our guys. And you just have to remind it, remind them through a course of 162 games 
do the things that help your team win, and it'll come back to you in some yeah. fashion. Yeah, I think that's a good point. If you, if you win, it seems like things things work out for yep. guys who are on those winning teams. We'll take a break uh, here with Paul Molitor and Jack Morris back on Inside Twins with some roster uh, movement next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buster. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. The show is Inside Twins. Glad to have you here on a Sunday. We've got a couple of Hall of Famers in studio, Jack Morris and Paul Molitor. And, Paul, some, some roster movement. Last night after the game, it was announced Johnny Field was headed down. Seems logical that it would be Robbie Grossman, who's had a couple productive days with Rochester, who would be back in your lineup. Yeah, there's there's a few things that are happening here today with the, with the 25-man. Um, first of all, uh, with Robbie's uh, return to health, had three productive days down there with the Rochester Red Wings. We thought that we would get him active today, especially with the righty start for them, have his left-handed or switch-hitting bat available on the bench. So Johnny Field was going back down to AAA, and we'll get Robbie going. Uh, so it's good to have him back. We all know how, how he can contribute. And then on the pitching side, uh, you know, we're, we're going to add Busenitz today. Um, he is going to take Irvin Santana's place, who uh, unfortunately, you know, as much work as he's done and the, and the long road back, he's still having some symptoms that are problematic with that, with that hand and, and post-surgery uh, things that have just inhibited him from being the guy that we know he can be. So we're going to take a step back and, to have him set up to see uh, a hand specialist here in the Twin Cities on Tuesday. So, Boosnitz, obviously short-term gives you some length, some uh, depth in your bullpen, but you will need a starter with Santana going down, and is there a plan for that? Yes, uh, we're going to uh, uh, go ahead and start Steven Gonzalez tomorrow, uh, a name a lot of Twins fans have been familiar with the last couple of years. He's been mostly good, especially as of late for the Red Wings. And there'll be another guy that it'll be exciting for us to take a look at at this level. Uh, we're going to bump Barrios back to Tuesday to give him an extra day with the workload that he has been under throughout the year. We think that'll be good for him. And we will have to make another move to get Steven uh, on the on the roster tomorrow. Paulie, we've talked so many times about, you know, you manage a veteran team like the Yankees back sure. in, you know, the, the glory days, and you set the same lineup out every time. And yet baseball in general, I think, is – is changed in the fact that this time of year there's always a lot of players coming and going. You're, t- you're giving kids chances. Uh, talk a little bit about that for these guys that are getting their yeah. first opportunities. Well, I, I still want to win. I, I, right. You know, I, don't, I don't lose that for a moment. I, I'm always, you know, everyone's trying to find a way to win. Um, but with that being said, where we're at, um, opportunities for guys to come up here and for us to put eyes on them and get a look, see how they respond, you know, you don't want to get to where you're fooled going forward, but, you know, hopefully guys come up and take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, there's a lot of things up in the air about how the canvas is going to look as we enter spring training next year regards to pitching and position players, and this is a time for us to learn a little bit more. Yeah, one of the guys you're learning about is Tyler Austin. We know he's a strong guy. He's got power to all fields. A guy who played, you mentioned with Alan Boosnitz, they played together from the time they were like nine years old. What have you learned or seen in Tyler Austin, and and where do you think he can go moving forward? I know he and James Rousen certainly have a long history together. Well, my first impressions are he, he's dangerous. I, th- I think other opposing teams and pitchers are going to know when he's in the box because a mistake can be punished. Uh, we've seen him hit power, you know, opposite field last night. He's hit a couple pull homers. Uh, very deep. Um, I think he's still learning how to hit a little bit. We see a lot of big swings and misses where 
Uh, he doesn't come very close. I, I don't think he uh, has that part of the game down and, and just to become a little bit better hitter. But the potential there as far as being a power bat in a lineup is, is very, very high. We talked just briefly about uh, you know getting the opportunity. Uh, a couple of years ago, Jorge Polanco was a kid that kind of turned it up a notch sure. in the second half of the season, and that progressed into uh, you know a, a, a positive gain. You see some of those guys, Sano, coming back now. Yeah. I think it really ben- he benefited from his time down uh, in the minor leagues. Yeah, I, you know your expectations for some of these guys, Jack, are, are fairly high. Uh, uh, I still think these guys are learning a little bit as far as their first two, three years in the major leagues. Uh, we're not sure exactly where they're going to end up in terms mm-hmm. of players. We could them count on being for hopefully multiple years to come. And, uh, you know, Sano's come back, and it's been, you know, markedly different for me, just his movements uh, defensively, the way he's running the bases. There's no question I, the work that he put in is helping his at-bats and the quality of at-bats. And, you know, Polanco, you know, after going through what he had to go through the first half of the year, I, I still think that he is going to get a lot better. I think yeah. he has a potential to be a 300-plus hitter from both sides of the plate, and his shortstop play continues to improve. You know, you go down the list. Kepler has been a little bit up and down at times, but we still see the high in there. Rosie's kind of come into his own a little bit. Uh, all these people that are going to be important pieces going forward. All right. We'll talk uh, going forward about today's matchup as the Twins try to make it three out of four against the Tigers. Take one final break. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. Back with more from Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. Final segment of Inside Twins from our network headquarters here at Target Field. The pregame lineup card coming up next. And then, of course, baseball as the Twins will tangle with the Detroit Tigers. Jake Odorizzi on the mound for Minnesota. We're joined by Jack Morris, Paul Molitor. And, Paul, uh, today trying to close out a series. You talk a lot about trying to get greedy. Big swing in a four-game set, the difference between going 3-1 and one and 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, you know, last night was a winnable game and. We kind of have to put that to bed and understand that uh, the Tigers found a way to win. But to come back and finish off with another good homestand with the win today, heading into the kind of strange three-game set we're going to have with the White Sox will be big. And we've got a chance with Odo coming off one of his better recent starts, I thought, in terms of crispness with his location, confidence with the fastball, more deception with the split. Hopefully he can give us a little bit of length today because we've been a little bit beat up in the bullpen the last couple of days. Paul, we're here in late August. Uh, all players know the importance of this game and in, in the you know what Chris just mentioned two and two or three and one. Is that something you have to even mention to the guys at this point, or or do your coaches go around and try to get their focus a yeah. little sharper? It isn't, Jack. I, I think you know from being in the clubhouse. You, I, it's sitting right out there for you. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as much as these guys have been. You know, fighting day in and day out, playing nine innings. Um, you know, you got to see the opportunities when they present themselves. We should know that the Tigers' bullpen's a little beat up, too. Yeah. And if we can find a way to make them go out there early, it's going to work to our advantage, obviously. But, yeah, you go out there, you're ready to play, and, and to try to get this series will be, you know, big for us as we go forward into the White Sox series. Looks like, and we believe this to be the case, a right-hander is going to throw for the Tigers. There's been some vagueness about that. Get all your lefties in your lineup today. 
I'm going to keep Austin in there. He's going to play first base, and I'll DH Joe today after the night game. Uh, Garvo will be back in there catching Odorizzi, and then left-handed hitting outfield, and you throw in Polanco. Our, our left-handed side should be covered fairly well. All right, sounds like a uh, plan for a, a series win. Good luck today. Have fun with the Tigers. And, again, uh, last night's special moment for you St. Paul guys, and we appreciate you uh, revisiting that this morning. All good. Thank you. Appreciate Jack, it. Jack Morris, Paul Molitor. The show is Inside Twins. Paul's got a game to manage, and uh, Jack's probably got another speech to give. We'll take a break. We'll come back with a pregame lineup card and advance the Twins and the Tigers next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.